Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to a special episode of Humans of Excess Manchester with me, Clint Boone. This week, we're looking ahead to the release of Liam Gallagher's As It Was film by speaking to the man who created it, Charlie Lightning. Born in Manchester, Charlie has worked with some of the biggest names, including Paul McCartney, Kasabian, Kylie Minogue and both of the Gallagher brothers. Charlie describes how he wanted to portray Liam in As It Was. All I wanted to do in terms of making a film was just show how I see him. And it not to feel forced and it all to be sort of feel real and honest. And I think that, that that's what I'm really, really happy about. And he'll talk about some of his career highlights, including a trip to the White House with Paul McCartney. He comes round and comes up on the stage and he's with nah, nah, nah. Obama's with Obama, with, with, <laughs> with, with Macca. And I'm like, and I'm filming it, right? And I'm looking through my viewfinder. I had to look round my camera to go, 
Is this real? Gives me great pleasure to welcome to the studio a local chap whose work as a movie and video director has seen him gaining unprecedented access to personal lives of uh, some of pop music's most iconic characters like Kylie Minogue, Robbie Williams, Liam Gallagher, Paul McCartney. It's already exciting, isn't it? Welcome to the studio, Mr. Charlie Lightning. How are you? All right, mate. Yeah, good to see you. You've done some business here already. You're only what, have you 40 or something now, 42? 42. 42. Yeah, you know, I've had long relationships working with these people. Like, you know, the Liam, the Liam film's been 10 years in the making. And over that time, I've, I've been working with Paul um, for the last 10 years as well. And that's still going. I'm about to fly out with him on Monday to do, do some more stuff with him. And McCartney, we're on about here. Yeah. Not, yeah. not Gallagher. Yeah, sorry. And, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then, and then. You know, with Jamiroquai as well, a creative director with him, his last record and done all the videos to that and I've known him for a long time. And I've just been very, I feel very lucky that I've worked with these amazing people and but I've, I've retained relationships with them that, that has made the <clears throat> experience even more better. You know what I mean? It's not like a lot of times I think that people who make films or whatever, you have a subject, you don't know them, you think, oh, that's interesting, I want to make a film about you. And yeah. then you become part of something and then it goes away you know and, and and it's i mean it's like it's funny say with like the the, the paul thing there's is easily enough to make a number of films with with him but it's not like it's been made into a film yeah it just keeps going because the story is still it just keeps going it's you know what i mean it's still yeah. happening and, yeah. and that's the thing so for for the liam thing it's nice it's nice to put a full stop in it and it yeah. for it to actually now to be seen as a body of work and, and within so within that it sort of made me look back of the 10 years and look back well I guess 15 or however long it is I've been doing it and uh, and even then like I did an interview with GQ and Paul Solomons who's the um, creative director who's Kylie's boyfriend and he was like saying oh I was talking to Kylie about you last night and and that's where it began for me with yeah. her and it's really nice that she because I've not worked with her for a few years that she still remembers you know your relationships you have with people and yeah. I guess that's what it's about isn't it I'm Absolutely. always I've always been you know, a people person and like getting on with people and being intrigued. And, and I guess that's what we're filming stuff mm. and doing and being let into these people. The skill is almost knowing when not to film and reading a situation and reading people. And, you know, because there's great, <clears throat> there's great people out there who can shoot amazing things and get stuff. But it's, it's just reading a situation and yeah. reading people and sort of getting on with them. And luckily, I've always sort of done that and always been, I feel just, just I mean, mate, you know, Privileged. Privileged. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I've been in the White House with McCartney. I've been like, you know, <laughs> I know it's a long way from sale. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I love coming back here and, you know what I mean? And feel so connected to Manchester and to the whole of it. I want to talk about your career in a minute. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the film you made, the Liam uh, Gallagher film. First of all, the name, though, is that the family name, Charlie Lightning? Or is, is it made up? That's my real name. Is it right? It okay. is. That's the family name. It's, it's uh, my, my dad's Martin Lightning. Mum's Christine Lightning and my, my brother's Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's always sort of. It served me really well. You know what I mean? Because people always remember it and mm. always sort of. You know, people think I've made it up. Same here. Or set it up. I've had yes. a lifetime. Is that your real name? Exactly. Especially, especially since I became a musician and re- people. Are like, What's your real name? I'm, I'm called Clint Boone. Uh, if you want to be pedantic, <laughs> it's Clinton. I was christened Clinton Boone. But yeah. 1959. People didn't call the kids Clint. Yeah, it's before Clint Eastwood, but uh, but Charlie Lightning, what an amazing name! My wife Charlie thinks it's a really nice name. She yeah, mate. <laughs> but my, I named my son Jack, Jack Lightning, and my other one Max Lightning, and, and Kitty. They're, they're my three kids, and I think they're, it's quite interesting, sort of trying to pick a name uh, as having a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. To go with it, so it doesn't sound stupid or yeah. like 
made up. <laughs> Why don't you call them frightening lightning? No, or thundering. Oh, that's good. Thundering. <laughs> hey, come on. Put <laughs> in that. That's getting a nice early gag into the yeah, uh, episode. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, so you grew up in Sale. Is yeah, that right? Mate. Yeah. Whereabouts in Sale? Not far from the leisure centre. It was fair enough outside of Manchester City Centre that it felt, you know, like a village or like a thing that it always felt Manchester was not too far away. Yeah. And it's only now and like from living in London and all that lot that like actually it's just round the corner really. Oh, yeah, yeah. You think that you can be in a cab in town in like less than 15 it's minutes. Just on Chester Road, isn't it? Yeah. I've, I've got really fond memories of growing up. and But my dad, my dad's a cameraman, you see. Okay. And does documentaries and very respected in the industry. But I was always like growing up he had stuff on TV or stuff was that, <clears throat> and I'd be a bit, bit of a bugger really, and sort of he'd be like, he'd be on my things on. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna watch that. And it's yeah. like, I remember saying, it's like, it's not like I'm gonna make documentaries. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, and also, it must be funny because obviously he's talked about the Maisel brothers, and the Maisel brothers, they invented cinema veritaire in terms of documentary making, which is where they took the sort of because obviously the film cameras were really big and couldn't yeah. really be handheld. And then for for in the war they stripped them down so they could they could shoot them on the finger landings and um, yeah and then they the Maisel brothers then took that shot the like the early films of the Beatles coming to America and like you know a, a sort of scene as as like classic documentary sort of filmmakers and camera people and he talked to me about that so it must blow his mind a bit that I'm sort of working with Paul McCartney do you know what I mean <laughs> and um. Grew up with my brother got an older brother he's he's a camera he's worked on this with me well actually if you look in the credits we're all credited because. Oh, really? Because I brought my dad down to shoot one of the cameras on the interviews and my brother shot, he's like my DP. So if I'm shooting bigger stuff like music videos or he'll he'll shoot that with me, you know what yeah. I mean? And he'll do that and uh, he lit the interviews and you know what I mean? So it's quite nice for all of us to sort of work together. Because yeah. as I say, with my dad, my dad shot the video to One Love, The Stone Roses. And he also did um, the he did a documentary on the Happy Mondays as well growing up. Just being aware of all of that as well, I guess. Because you'd be old enough that you were, what, you were born in 77, were you, ish? End of 76, yeah. Right, okay. So when the Manchester thing was kicking off, you were like 10 or 11. So yes, I saw, I, again, it was like that thing. That's why I sort of just missed out on it all. Do you know what I mean? In terms of like the Hacienda and like the Roses. And I sort of caught the tail end of it. And like, I remember like really liking New Order and that's why when Oasis happened, they were sort of my Beatles and they were that, that was finally my, cause it was like my brother was into the Roses or like, you know what I mean? It was yeah. like finding there was a band that could be mine or I found it in terms of and yeah. you can own it and be part of it. I remember I was on a ferry, the first time I saw, saw him, I was coming back from the south of France and um, it was the video for Live Forever and Liam's on that chair, you know, on the wall. And I just remember, I remember cause the TVs were in cages, weren't they on the ferries? Right. But Live Forever come on and I was just think, who's that geezer on a chair? Do you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> that's mega. And then also it gave you an identity, didn't it? Especially because they're just in sprayway jackets or burghouses. Yeah. And it's sort of like, they're just lads, you know what I mean? And and again, sort of associating with that in times of coming out of a sort of pop, polished sort of thing to have a band again with guitars. and But also making music that was universal and that the girl that you fancied at school would like or your sisters or mums or whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? It, was, it wasn't It was It was like where the roses were almost cooler and sort of like you had to be sort of cool to like them. It was just the thing that they just were so universal and caught this this wave of whatever it was. And the words were, you could align yourself with all the words in the songs. We could all relate to it. Yeah, it? exactly. And it's not, I mean, Noel, Noel's a genius, do you know what I mean? Those songs are like phenomenal. and it, But at the same time... Liam, the thing, thing that's amazing about Liam is that he sings those songs 
And it's that's him singing him, as yeah. in like he's read them and he goes, "That's I know what that means to me." And he's singing it to you, and you're like, you believe him. You know what I mean? He is yeah. the rock and roll star, and he Absolutely. is that thing, and and that's such a skill that he's got that he can do that. It's funny because of working with McCartney and over the years, and you have met different people and interviewed people that were of that era, and going, you don't understand, you know, when when the Beatles came around and the noise and the, the sound of it all. We haven't heard that before, and what it was. And I'm not necessarily saying that about Oasis, but just knowing that talking to now younger people about what it was like or how it was to know that that was yours or you were part of that is is cool man I just, yeah. and I don't think there's anything, anything since really I assume you got to see him live back in the early days did you? yeah numerous times and um, the thing that was interesting so I went one of the ones was Finsbury Park I went to back in the you know back in the day and then obviously uh, Liam doing Finsbury Park and on the day I was coming in on the train into London and um, it was about 9am and there was four lads in front of me with like bucket hats, little frown glasses, cans of beer that were like 18 and 19. It's like I've got in a time machine, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, it's, it, that's what I think is really amazing about his comeback. It's yeah. not just the fact that he's living, you know, and again, that's what I'm really happy about the film as well. It's like, it's not an Oasis film and it's not a Supersonic 2 and it's not, you know, it's so much more. It's about his comeback and what he's done. And because I've seen it over the time grow. And it was, it was like this thing you were just <clears throat> capturing this moment and this, this, it felt something's happening here. There's a movement or something because of this younger audience. And I was this kid, I didn't, it didn't end up making a film, but I'm interviewing this lad in, a, in, in Belfast and he's talking about, and he must've been 18 years old and he's like, oh, you know, Oasis, my dad likes Oasis or like, you know, loved all of that. But as you were, that's our definitely. Maybe we get smashed on a Friday night and with our mates and we'll play that record and that's our thing and we've got that together and it's like, I think that, like what I'm saying about Oasis being sort of mine or he's theirs, yeah. you know, and it means as much to them as it did to me and yeah. it's like, but it gives you that sort of voice or that sort of thing within it and I think that's the power of music, which is brilliant. You see that a lot in the film, the Liam film that you've made, the uh, connection with the younger audience. There's a nice scene where he's in Ireland, I think, and he's yeah. talking to some kids out of the side of the van and uh, so it's more like a guest list and all that. When they come out of the hotel, going to the gig, and they'd obviously been waiting there for him. When he come out, he goes, whoa, 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 stop the car, stop the car, and he gets out and he gives him, and he gets back in and he goes, and he says, you know, has any of you lot got, tickets and they were like no we couldn't he goes go on give us all your names put them on the guest yeah. list and I saw him after they were just like just buzzing do you know what I mean and yeah. just sort of and, and he is he's so good at being real and just being sort of aware of people and aware of, of, of and caring you know what I mean yeah. and I think a lot of people would be surprised at that maybe I'm not I know him well yeah that's it, what it, I mean it, though it, but it, and it's beautiful but, but that's one of the things that with Liam if he trusts you yeah you get to see the beautiful person that he is. Exactly. And that and, comes across again in the And film. that's what, but that's what I was, because I, I feel privileged to, to, to be of that. And it's like, it's, and it's, it's nice to speak to someone like you who knows him. It can be so frustrating for people's perceptions of him sometimes. Yeah. I, all I wanted to do in terms of making a film was just show how I see him. It's all the sides of him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. From the nice side to, to the sort of, you know, the, when he's on stage and the sort of, the the thing of him, him against the crowd or him with him, you know what I mean, and yeah. all the different incarnations all the way through it, and it not to feel forced, do you know what I mean, and it mm. all to be sort of feel real and honest, and I think that that that's what I'm really really happy about. With it's organic. You know, what I like about you've captured him at his most vulnerable, 
and is most triumphant and confident in the same film within minutes sometimes. And there's a beautiful bit that's like quite sad where after BDI goes down the pan or whatever, you see him almost like he's a child again. He's completely on his arse and he's broken. And where he turns to the people closest to him, like Bornhead and Peggy and Paul Gallagher and Debbie, that's a real beautiful uh, bit of uh, film work, I think. that like, He really captured him at, at its lowest point. Well, it's funny, though. It's like... Because it just says, well, at that point, we don't know what's coming next. Yeah. You don't know there's going to be an happy ending, do you, at this point? In, well, in... yeah, I know, and, but it's not... It's it's The thing is with him, because he is such a strong character, he's going through all this shit, but at the same time, he was... You know what I mean? He, uh, he was Liam Gallagher from the 90s. He's been through so much shit. He's yeah. had so many people want to beat him and push him down and sort of, you know what I mean, as well as the people loving him. And so great thing is about it, it wasn't like he was on his arse sort of moaning about it or wallowing in it. He was just getting on with it, do you know what I mean? And just sort of moving forward and just, just being Liam. Yeah. Many people would have crumbled. No giving up, keep on keeping on, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, that's what's mega about him. Let's go back in time a little bit because I know we're going to be talking a lot about Liam and Noel, but I think that's, I've got a feeling that's what people want to hear a lot of in this episode. Um, you, and we're also going to touch on the fact that you work with McCartney and Kylie and... Ronnie Ward, people like that. But let's talk about the Gallaghers. When did you first get to meet Liam and Noel? When I first started off sort of doing stuff and I was doing the making of the videos for like uh, BMG at the time. Yeah. And it was prior to like MTV doing like making of the video. So it's like fly on the wall footage. Well, behind the scenes yeah. of the video, like, and, and, and at the time there was no YouTube, you know what I mean? It was like CD-ROMs had happened for CD singles. So yeah. it meant you could, they could put some something on there. And so I was doing these behind the scenes of these music videos and like they said, oh, there's a band that live on a farm that have made this record. And on Saturday they get the mastered copy of it in the hand. They haven't brought anything out. Can you go up there? And they, so what they're going to do, they're going to throw a party at the weekend for their mates and they're going to do a little gig and they're all going to come and camp like a mini festival. Can you go up and make a film about it? So I'll go up there. And I get there and, and they take me around this farmhouse and it's just a shithole, do you know what I mean? Whereabouts was it? In Leicester. Yeah. We're in one room and he's like, you know, Tom was there and did the vocal to Clubfoot and we had the computer there that recorded it. It was Kasabian, you yeah. know. Prior to them bringing anything out, and I'm like, Clubfoot, what's that? Do you know what I mean? And then, <laughs> and then luckily for me as well, you know, meeting them, they, they took me with them. So as they got bigger, they took me with them and I did their music videos and concerts. DVDs and films and stuff and and so at the end of the first album cycle they'd gone to America with with Oasis and supported them on their American tour and got friendly with them and I'm making the I'm making a film about the second album Kasabian's second album Noel and Liam are going to come down and listen to the record and so they come down at the studio and I was like oh, it's Oasis do you know what I mean just buzzing they were bouncing stuff down you know and it always takes a hell of a lot longer than it than you think it does yeah and then they turned up to waiting to listen and there's nothing so we just go to the pub. So I'm sat, I'm sat next to Noel and I'm talking to him and just having a laugh with him and just think, you know, how easy they are to sort of just get on with. Then it turned into a bit of a night and then it ended up with me, Tom and Serge and Liam back at Liam's house in his kitchen at like 8am and him playing us sort of tunes that he'd done and it was just, it was just mega, you know, and that was, that was me first meeting them. Mm. And then Noel let me interview him for the film, for the Kasabian film. Yeah. And then over the next however many years, there was a lot of crossover with Kasabian and Oasis. And so that's how I sort of got to know them more. And right. then obviously there was the final tour with Oasis and Kasabian supporting them. And I was with, with them 
Within that time, because I'd been doing what I was doing with Kasabi and it got noticed by McCartney's managers, and then I got asked to do some stuff with him. Right. And then started working with him. And, and like I say, then, so by the time that, that Oasis ended, because Liam sort of knew who I was, but didn't realise necessarily what I did. But then when he heard I was doing that, that's how it all sort of came together. Escalated. But like one of my favourite stories or things was, I'm at the O2, about to go and watch The Verve. I'm with a better mate of mine, I'm with him and he's, he's um, we's meeting his mates, do you know what I mean? And we're literally in the, the, the foyer bit outside and the phone rings and it's Tom, me and from Kasabi going, yeah, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just going to go and watch the Verve. He's like, fuck that, man. He goes, I'm in Abbey Road with Oasis, we're listening to the new album. And I was like, what? And the next minute the phone goes, who's that? I'm like, it's Charlie, Charlie who? Charlie Lightning. Charlie fucking Lightning. <laughs> and I'm like, it's Liam, I'm like, like Liam, it's me, you know, but and then no, Charlie. There's a track called The Shock of the Lightning. You should be here to listen to it. <laughs> and I, and then it come back to Tom and I said, Right, I'm coming. Turned to my mate and I'm like, You're never gonna guess who that was. I've got to go. <laughs> and luckily he was with his mates. So literally jump on the the tube going up there. I'm a bit apprehensive, you know, after Liam sort of saying that or what, does he not want me to be there or whatever? <laughs> And you know, like with the way that they would do the records, Liam's vocal they'd do at the very end, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. And so it didn't have any vocals on it. So I walked in, and they're in the middle of playing it all, and Liam goes over to the stops. It goes whoa, 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 whoa. Walks up to me, puts his arm round me, goes, "We need to start this again because this fucker's not heard any of it." <laughs> and then, then proceeded to sing me the album in my ear. But it was just mega, do you know what I mean? It was, again, one of those moments and those things and those times. And it's quite amazing to sort of be here now, sort of uh, having made that film about yeah. him, do you know what I mean? So we touched on it a little bit there about how, how low Liam got after BDI and uh, you were working closely with him. During that period where he wasn't really making any music, you were covering the, the pretty green stores, you know, the fashion line uh, and other stuff with Liam, but he wasn't really making music. And then that little film pops up, didn't it, of him performing... Bold, a very early v- version of Bold out in a pub in Ireland, wasn't it? Just surrounded by locals. Uh, how do you feel when you saw that creep into the uh, the picture? Well, I don't I remember sort of, because I'm not sure if I'd even heard that. I'm not sure if he'd played me Bold yet. And I was like, that's mega. Yeah. What's that tune? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the I, way you transform it in the film from that footage yeah. in Ireland into yeah. the, the finished version yeah. of it. It's always something about him. He's Liam. Mm. Liam Gallagher, do you know what I mean? It's like... He's quite spiritual, isn't he, at times? And you sort of, whether it's destiny or whatever, it's like... And that's what I mean about the whole thing of him going through what he's gone through. It's not like he sort of sat around moping or sort of like... He just got on with moving forward and sort of getting on with it. And I think he's just very good at living in the now, isn't he? Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And and it's, it's just the journey he needed to go on through the BDI stuff, through the, the time off, the reflection, just to sort of find... You know, I don't know if he got lost, a bit lost or... Or Maybe, what? Yeah, but yeah. but I think that I remember being you know around at his house and and I've gone like and we're talking about someone I've gone oh do you remember that uh, tune the fever which was like a B side on an Oasis on on Stand By May I think it is and he's like not really do you know what I mean because obviously <laughs> and I played it to him and he was just like yeah, it's mega in it do you know what I mean but it was almost it must be if you're so close to something or so close to it or if you're it either. Yeah. That to take stock and take sort of time and like he says it's it's I remember he did a Leeds festival which was mental like you come off and I'm like he's like yeah 
It's all right. And I was like, so how's Megan? What you doing? And he's like, he goes, yeah. And he goes, I've done Nebworth. <laughs> he, he sort of takes things very much in his stride, doesn't he? Do you know yeah, what I mean? definitely. And, Did- and, and he's not... And then the thing that is really, really respectful of him is that a lot of people get into this game for the bullshit of it all. And there's none of that with him. The, the trappings of what come with it all that a lot of people want, he couldn't be asked. And that's and that's really commendable and it shows, Absolutely. I think, his his character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I love it that with Liam, it's like, what you get is that constant outpouring of his honest emotion, his real feelings. You get that constantly. That really comes out in the film. Yeah. I can't think of another individual like that, especially yeah. a celebrity. Yeah. Do you know, there's just no, he's not guarded. Like, no, Noel, Noel's very, he is guarded, isn't yeah. he? And, you know, no, of course. It's, it's how most of us are. You think about what you're about no, to say, don't you? But Liam, it just comes. It's all, yeah. It's like the soul <laughs> just no filter <laughs> out. And I've never seen a film feature so many F words, maybe supersonic, but it's like every other word is, you know, isn't it? It's, I mean, yeah. have you, has anybody counted how many there is in there? No, I don't I think, think so. Maybe, they, I'm sure probably someone has, but I haven't, yeah. I'm not privy to that. You're too busy for that. That's but it's not that, it's, you know, Again, I think it's that thing of if you know him, yeah. there's even more in honesty and he can talk to you like, yeah. you know, and that's why, I mean, that interview is amazing, isn't it? I think so. I, we've, not, we've never even discussed this, but I, I didn't yeah. even know that, that interview was going to be in there. Yeah. And I'm totally honoured. We as a radio station yeah. totally honoured that it's in there. It's the best thing that's ever happened to us. I've always said that's the best interview that I've ever done because yeah. it was me getting Liam to open up in a way that I've never heard him open up in an interview because he knows me and he's not... You don't have to worry about me. And when when was that? When did you do it? When December of 2017. So had, had the the album come out at that point? Just about, I think. And it was like he'd been through all this shit and sort of come through it all. He had nothing to hide. As a fan of the band and as a, a friend of the Gallaghers, would you like ultimately to see a reunion? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Do you know what I mean? To stand in that stadium again with those people with your arms arms out singing mm. all those songs with them all and from knowing him I'm sure you feel the same way it's like it'd be great if Oasis got back together but what would be even greater if they you know everybody just as a family they were just together you know what I mean yeah. and they sorted it out between themselves you know what I mean whatever it is yeah, I think he even says it in the film that before even Oasis can even think about it we've got to become friends again and yeah. and, 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 and for Peggy it must be like I think they'll, yeah, I think A, they need to reunite as brothers while Peggy's still around and uh, B, if we get Oasis back on stage, even better. That's yeah, no, exactly. exactly. Brucey bonus if that happens, isn't it? Exactly. And I think, you know, you can see the love he has for him. Do you yeah, know what totally. I mean? It's just. So give us a, a good Paul McCartney story. Have you got one? Yeah, mate. He's just mega to work for and I, I feel so privileged to have done it with him for 10 years and he's he's been a mentor to me. He's been like, he's made me better. He's pushed me. He's, and you remember, like, yeah, you're. Fucking Paul McCartney from the Beatles. Just mad moments can happen. Like I'd say, two things. Like we were in, having dinner in Japan, and I'm for some reason I'm sat next to him, and, and we're talking and on the table about everything. He's like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "He's like, yeah, man." I was just at home, and uh, and he comes across. That was a good impression, that way. <laughs> and he comes across. He said, "I was going through the drawers at home, and I found the original drawing I did for the Sergeant Pepper's outfit." And you're just sort of going, "That's just in your drawer." Do you know what I mean? Wow. And it's like. And he just says it in passing, just yeah. like, yeah, you know what I mean? You'd get that like, straight out to Sotheby's, wouldn't you? Yeah, and then, <laughs> and, and I think they did, because obviously this was prior to them re-releasing it or whatever, because I think it then went into the, the package of that. But, like, you know, that's his life. I did a show with him at the White House, and I was allowed as a cameraman to run around shooting sort of behind the scenes in there, and it was, it was like the Gershwin Prize, and Obama was giving it to him. and, and Good name drop. <laughs> and, and basically, we were doing rehearsal stuff, 
he, I don't think Paul was there. It was like, because his band were the house band and all these different artists came and played. Right. And Paul and his family and Obama and his family were sort of sat on the front row. Like, it's like for 100 people or something like that. It was really sort of small. And it, it was just mega. And, and we're doing rehearsals and you, and you just hear... Bup, 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 bup. So I come round to the back, you know, of the White House, I guess above the Oval Office, the the, the, the round bit. <laughs> <laughs> and out the back of the window, you just see it, boo, 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 and it's the the gunship thing coming down, lands on the lawn, thing comes out, and they stand by, and an Obama gets out and just walks across and across his lawn into his gaff. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Sounds like you're talking about a dream you've had, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, it does, <laughs> but no, but and and then so so it was mental because then Jerry Seinfeld's done his little bit, and I've asked him, I've said to him, uh, interviewing him, saying, "How's this?" He goes, "Oh, he goes, this is the most amazing thing that I've ever done, and you know, I'm so privileged. It's like for." Paul McCartney and for Obama and blah 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 and then I'm going yeah but you're Jerry Seinfeld you know what I mean and like and that but that's the level of meganness to him and then we finish the interview and he turns to the woman with the clipboard and she goes where am I sitting then after the thing and she's like oh no you you do your thing you have to go back to the green room because there's not enough room for you in the room and you're thinking what and at the end of the show all the people that played with with him because because then he got given the prize then Paul gets up and plays like four or five songs and He's doing Hey Jude, and during Hey Jude, everyone sort of joins him on stage and he's singing with him. And for the na na nas, and I think everyone thought, all oh, the Obama gets up, and everyone thought, that's him playing him out, he's going to leave. He comes round and comes up on the stage and he's with na na na. Obama singing. With Obama, with, with, <laughs> with, with, with Macca. And I'm like, and I'm filming it, right? And I'm looking through my viewfinder. I had to look round my camera to go, is this real? Do you know what I mean? It's like, and it was a mega moment, but. The one thing that sort of connects that to, we were at the Grammys. In the Grammys, you've got like the corridor where everyone's sort of all the dressing room and everyone just hangs out in the corridor. So you've got like Macca and Madonna and Jay-Z and just all these mega people. And then Paul goes, oh, come on, we're going to go over here. And we follow, I follow with him. And it's, it's me, Paul and MJ, who's my friend, who's his photographer, that we go everywhere together. And we go into this room. Stevie Wonder's in there, right? <laughs> Playing uh, Michelle. And he's got like this um, keyboard thing, but it's like a, uh, an instrument, but it's like a, a, a guitar, but I guess a stand-up sort of guitar. Yeah. And he's playing Michelle and he's like, and he's like, hey, Paul, doing this like English accent and start singing. And then he starts singing it together. And literally it's, 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 it's Stevie and Paul, me and MJ, and like whoever's with Stevie. And, and that's it. And then they start talking about... And just they're just catching up and all of this lot, and but to be privy to that moment and to be in that room with those legends and those things, and 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 it's just it just blows my mind. And and then going back to the the White House, he played Stevie Wonder played, and they did Ebony and Ivory together, and it was the first time ever since they recorded it that they'd done it live. The fact they were doing it for a black president in the White House. Mm. If someone had told him that when they recorded the track, do you know what I mean? It must have blown their minds. And then he doesn't run her out of it into the cars and we go back to the hotel. And I've been working with him. I'd done some stuff previous, like about a year or so. I've been with him a couple of years, really, but properly over the last sort of eight months or so. We got back to the hotel and he gets out, signs a couple of autographs, and we come into the underground car park and he goes over to where the lift is. And I was like, literally, I mean, I've just been in the White House with Paul McCartney, you know, blown away. And I was like... Mate, that was just unbelievable. And he's like, and I could tell that he was, you know, all the stuff that he's done and the things that he's done. He he was like, he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, man. You know what I mean? He's like, come here, gives me a massive hug. What a geezer! I've never met him, but hopefully one day. He's just far exceeds all the expectations 
of who he is as a person and what he's done and just, you know, everything about him from his work, his work ethic is unreal. But every night to see him just going out, he never dials it in, never sort of, and to see him just buzzing about, just going out, yeah. makes you think, how can I do this better? How can I be better? How can I be sort of better at what I do? And it's just, again, it's another thing that I'm just so privileged to be around and part of. You make your own look slightly, yeah. you know, with what you do and how you do it and, and yeah. It's like Noel wrote, isn't it? You've got to make it happen. Yeah. It's one of my favourite lyrics. Yeah. So you're originally from Manchester. Whereabouts do you live in now? I live in Colchester now. All right, okay. Places. Why Colchester? How did that happen? <clears throat> My wife is from there. I was living in London for a long time. We've got a house in Hackney. And I started having, we, we've got three kids now. And it's just the facts of sort of, you know, I travel a lot, obviously, with work and stuff. And her mum's nearby. And, you know, it's 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 an easy commute as such because you're only you're 45 minutes from Liverpool Street so yeah. it's not really like you're out but you're not out out <laughs> I would have loved to have moved back to Manchester do you know yeah. what I mean and be here but it just wasn't it just wasn't going to work out like that I miss it terribly yeah. I come up I try to come up here when I can and see my mum and because my brother's now lived like four he's moved in four streets away from her right I, sometimes I feel that I've missed out on on that but in a family way yeah yeah we're seeing the, the city developing on a day-to-day basis. We're in and out. I mean, just out there now, it's yeah. all cranes and things. But for you visiting occasionally, you must see these dramatic changes every time no, you come I up. I mean, I re- you know, I remember being at college in, uh, at Manchester Met, doing my art foundation when the bomb went off. Thank God, you know what I mean? It was it was it, it, in a day, in back in a day where they almost, where they rung you up and told you we were going to do it. Yeah, so this was the uh, the IRA bomb um, outside Marks and Spurs, Yeah, it? Summer, summer 96. And luckily, as I say, I don't think anyone got hurt because everyone could get evacuated it from miraculous. it. Like, so there was a phone call and they managed yeah. to evacuate. Yeah, and they got everybody so. out, which was which was amazing. And, and actually, what it meant for the regeneration of Manchester was amazing. I mean, Manchester is mega. It's so far moved on and so sort of like... I'm lucky enough with what I do, I travel around, I travel a lot and go around the world and see these different places. And, you know, but from cuisine to like nightlife and just some, everything's just a lot more, lot more sophisticated now, yeah. everywhere. It's world class. It's a world class city now, isn't it? I love the fact you can walk through the city centre from one side to the next. It'd take like 15 minutes yeah. or something, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> from yeah. like Castlefield to Ancourts or whatever. That's it. That's Manchester. Yeah. Can you describe the Manchester spirit, Charlie Lightning? I'm so proud of being Mancunian and, and, and going around the world and waiting for, oh, from Manchester. And like, yeah, you know what I mean? And it, it's got a real, it travels well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? More so now than ever, really. Yeah. yeah. That, I guess it's that thing, like I say about Liam, and not, not, not giving up. My attitude has always been like, don't tell me I can't do something. I'll preview I can do it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I'll go away and do it. And I think that's quite Mancunian, quite yeah. sort of like, but in a way that's not flashy, I'll prove you wrong. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I've got, the thing that pushes you forward or whatever. Drive, motivation, yeah. focus, resilience. Yeah. All those things. If I was to ask you who are your favourite humans of Manchester ever, Charlie, who would they be? I've got to say my mum and dad, haven't I? Obviously. Amazing. But obviously, Oasis, the Gallagher's, in terms of music. I don't know. I think it's just the place. Manchester, the place. It's mm. not necessarily one person or one thing that it is. It's the people. Yeah, it's beautiful. not like... That's a lot. That's like three million humans of Manchester. That's a good answer. Before you go, Charlie, describe Manchester in three words. Mega, home, heart. Charlie Lightning, thank you for being a human of excess Manchester. Nice one. That was Charlie Lightning. We'll be back with Series 3 on Monday, 17th of June. Don't forget to follow us on social media and subscribe to Humans of Excess Manchester. Rate us. Feel free to leave us a review. We love hearing all your feedback. Thanks for listening. See you next time. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.